Welcome to Native America Calling. I'm Andy Murphy. Open up your music streaming playlists. It's time to make some Native music additions. Today we'll hear from some artists who are churning out new and notable music. We have a rap duo that makes up Throne. We have the lead singer with the country group Pete Sands and the Drifters. And we'll hear from Jay Turner and Hatathlinez Wheeler who have their own unique talent for telling stories. We're taking an eclectic journey with new native music right after the news. This is National Native News. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. A tribal leader in Washington state is raising concerns about oil spills after a train derailment along a bay on the Swinomish Reservation this week. Crews on Thursday were cleaning up oil on land from the BNSF train. The Washington Department of Ecology first reported about 5,000 gallons of diesel leaked. Federal officials estimate around 2,500. Chairman Tom Wooten of the nearby Samish Nation released a statement saying safety is a priority and thankfully no one was injured. But Wooten says the spill signals a larger infrastructure issue Issue, adding there needs to be a priority on evaluating infrastructure hauling hazardous materials. He says there also needs to be a weaning away from fossil fuels for preservation of native lands. In a statement to Como News, Swinomish Chairman Steve Edwards said he was grateful to first responders and various agencies working on the spill. Edwards says they'll continue to do everything they can to protect the waters and natural resources and ensure public safety. The Swinomish Nation has sued the BNSF Railway in the past over oil train shipments. The derailment is currently under investigation. Federal officials will spend $25 million to restore and conserve bison herds on tribal lands. The Mountain West News Bureau's Will Walkie has more. Tens of millions of bison once roamed North America, but the species was hunted to near extinction in the late 1800s. Today, wild bison number in the tens of thousands nationwide, including about 20,000 managed by tribes. Jason Baldus works for the National Wildlife Federation and lives on the Wind River Indian Reservation in Wyoming. He says this recent announcement is a step in the right direction. They're keystone species, so that should be reason enough to restore them to the landscape because it benefits the grasses, the birds, the insects. He says herds also provide food and maintain the cultural identity of tribes. The money comes from the Inflation Reduction Act and will go towards building new herds and transferring more bison from federal to tribal lands. Interior Secretary Deb Holland says officials also need to tap into indigenous knowledge more to keep preserving one of the most iconic animals in the American West. For National Native News, I'm Will Walkie in Laramie. A new book explores the legal history of the Oneida Nation's fight to protect its sovereignty. Lena Tran of Station WUWM reports. For years, the Oneida Nation faced challenges to its sovereignty from Hobart, a village on the eastern half of the reservation just outside Green Bay, Wisconsin. Disputes range from garbage collection to police jurisdiction and roads. And they constantly and regularly try to tell the Oneida Nation how it should be going about doing its business. Rebecca Webster is an Oneida citizen who served on the tribe's legal team. Now she's an assistant professor in American Indian Studies at the University of Minnesota, Duluth. Webster shares the history of these legal battles in her book, In Defense of Sovereignty. The biggest clash involved Hobart's attempt to force the tribe to obtain permits for its Big Apple Fest. Hobart's main arguments throughout all of this litigation 
is they're really challenging that the Oneida Nation isn't a legitimate government. Ultimately, the tribe prevailed when a federal appeals court ruled in its favor in July 2020. Webster says Hobart's tactics were part of a wider effort to upend tribal sovereignty from the anti-Indigenous group Citizens for Equal Rights Alliance. This isn't just happening here in Oneida. This is happening in other places. We need to continue that network of tribes talking to each other because we know this is something that we just we need to stay on top of and we need to stay vigilant. Webster hopes her book sheds light on the issue for other tribes. For National Native News, I'm Lena Tran in Milwaukee. And I'm Antonia Gonzalez. National Native News is produced by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Support by the American Indian Higher Education Consortium, working to ensure tribal colleges and universities are included in our higher education system. Information on 37 tribal colleges and universities at AIHEC.org. Support by Sanofsky Chambers Law, championing tribal sovereignty and Native American rights since 1976, from opioids litigation to treaty rights to tribal self-governance, with offices in Washington, D.C., New Mexico, California, and Alaska. Sanofsky Chambers Law. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network. This is Native America Calling. I'm Andy Murphy filling in for Sean Spruce. It's time to update our playlist with new music from talented Native artists. We're going to hear a broad spectrum of music genres today. We'll hear from a hip-hop duo named Throne, who rap and sing introspective lyrics over soul and jazz samples. We'll get perspectives from two Native artists from two very uh, different regions. They focus on country music. Uh, Jay Turner is a singer-songwriter from Canada, and Pete Sands from the Southwest he performs along with his band, The Drifters. And we'll hear chill, dreamlike guitar and lyrics from Hatatli. We'll hear from the artists themselves, but we also want to hear from you. Have you listened to any of our artists featured on the show today? Would you like to give them a shout out or ask them a question? Join our conversation by calling 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVES. 99 Native. Our uh, phone lines are open right now. You can also leave a comment on our social media pages. Our Twitter handle is at 1-800-99-NATIVE, and we're at Native America Calling everywhere else. Also, if you're a Spotify user, you can listen to a curated playlist titled Native Playlist Winter 2023. 2023. Uh, so joining us now from Manitoba, Canada is Jade Turner. She's a country artist and a member of the Missipistic Cree Nation. Welcome to Native America Calling, Jade. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, so uh, country music in Canada is is such an exciting thing to listen to. Um, how did you get into um, country music and, and writing songs? Um, 
You know, I lived on a, a lot of really, really remote reservations. Um, some of them were fly-in communities, and a lot of them only played, like, we didn't have really big radio stations and everything like that. So what I heard was country music. So I grew up with that, um, you know, and you know, Willie Nelson, people like that. Um, so for me, that's kind of where the that love for country music came from. I grew up singing Faith Hill and uh, Martina McBride, Trish Yearwood. You know, those were my, I loved Faith Hill. Faith Hill was the, my most favorite, plus Shania Twain's from Canada. And, uh, yeah, I started writing pretty young. Um, I actually, I honestly don't remember a time of my life where I didn't write. I used to, like, write funny songs about, like, my sister. <laughs> or if she got me upset, I'd write a song about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it started off as, like, a fun a fun little outlet for me. Um, and then it just grew into, you know, it's just my passion. I love songwriting. I've, I'm leaning towards more of a root um, uh, Americana sound um, mm-hmm. with my next stuff that's coming up, but that's not out yet. Um, just because I feel like that's where I am in my life. I don't feel like um, right now that I'm writing a lot of country for some reason. So that's a little bit different. But yeah, like it's it's always been a part of my life and I just love it. I love that genre. Yeah. Uh, can you go into the songwriting process a little bit more? I mean, does uh, where do you draw inspiration from uh, some of some of your newer music? Um, I, I, I tend to lean towards writing like stuff that are, that is true to me and true to who I am or what I'm going through. I use it as an outlet for my, it's like a therapy process, to be honest. So, um, I always get my stories for myself. Um, and I think that that's important to stay authentic as well, like as an artist and not write for everybody else, but just write for yourself. And so lately I've been, I've been doing that a lot, um, and just being more vulnerable with it as well and not like getting scared of that being vulnerable for people to hear. Yeah. I think that helps a lot too. <laughs> All right. And you know, staying uh, true to yourself is uh, kind of what I hear in the song, uh, stay wild child. Uh, can you, can you talk a little bit about that before we play a clip from stay wild child? Yeah. So I, when I when I was thinking about writing that song, I did that with a co I did that with a couple co writers, um, Rihanna Raysage and Murray Palver, who is my, also my producer. And um, I have a little boy who um, is so special and so wild, and he's got this nice long hair that I braid every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, when I think about him, and I think about how society tries to mold us into other things. You know, like in, in the Indigenous community, we were always um, told to cut our hair. You know, my dad went to to uh, residential schools and like a whole lot of my family ha- as well. And so just having your hair long is like such a, a meaningful statement. And being true to your culture and being true to who you are, that's where I got, you know, stay wild. Child. I didn't want it to say it so literally, so I just said it that way <laughs> in yeah. a nice pretty way (laughs) yeah all right let's hear a little bit of stay wild child there will be times darkness sinks don't let it get to you just keep rolling you're the light through the mountains baby 
That was a little bit of Stay Wild Child by Jade Turner, country artist from uh, Manitoba, Canada. Uh, Jade, how does Canada fit in with the whole country music scene? Like here in the U.S., we typically think of Nashville. Is there like a hotbed of uh, country music there in Canada? There is quite a bit, and actually we have a lot of artists that are living in Nashville right now, um, and working with a lot of the um, American uh, songwriters and, and artists as well. So, like, the Nashville is, you know, the hub of country music, but there's we're also, like, from small-town communities, and there's so many of us in Canada that... You know, there's there's farmlands here. We have we have a lot of um, country rooted um, people here, and so it's it's funny. You know, when I when I think about like people that are not from Canada who don't really realize that, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like they don't know that we have like a lot of farmlands and like <laughs> like I said, we're very country rooted, and um, I think that it's just it's just normal for us to have to be rooted in in that in that in that genre because it's a storytelling genre i guess and and that's mostly what gets gets played on our radios over here too it's so funny um so yeah like although we we have calgary i'm going to calgary at the end of the the end of the month here for their awards and we have like our own country music awards um pretty much in every province of this of canada too so we have like a lot of people in the industry <laughs> Yeah. Uh, You mentioned you're going to uh, that awards uh, event. Are there any concerts or looking to go on tour sometime in the future? Like, what what can we expect to see from you in the future? Right now, I'm I I did a couple of tours last year, and I'm just kind of in that phase where I just want to sit down and do a bunch of writing and create. So for me, right now, um, until. September, I think that's when I'm going to start picking things up again. Once um, we have our CCMAs, which is Canadian Country Music Awards, I'll go and I'll release a song during that time. But as of right now, I'm totally content on staying home <laughs> and doing some rights and looking after my baby. Yeah. <laughs> and I also work a full-time job, so it's 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 a lot, and I just need to take a little step back. So. Yeah. Uh, tell us about uh, tell us about the other job you have uh, to to you know support your family and support uh, the music you do. Yeah. So I'm a millwright. Um, that basically is an industrial mechanic. So I right now I'm working in a machine shop, um, learning how to machine and everything like that. Prior to that, I worked in um, other like hydro dams and stuff like that. So I've been doing that for about 14 years. Nice. Um, very, very, <laughs> I'm the only girl there yeah. <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine like this but whole, okay. yeah, this whole uh, factory full of gray, gray, you know, metal and, and, and steel and everything. And you're there like <laughs> maybe humming, humming a, a song of yours, uh, while you're working. <laughs> um, l- let's hear another song. Actually. Um, I'd like to play this one. It's another newer song from you. It's called this song sucks this song sucks i used to play it on repeat back when it was you and me had a pretty little shiny ring this song sucks used to get me in the feet 
Well, certainly this song doesn't suck. I think as a, uh, of course, as a country artist, you have to sing about heartbreak. And I love just the, you know, um, the, 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 the power that you exude in this song here. This song sucks. Um, we're, we're talking with Native musicians today. They've got some new music out. This is uh, kind of our, our special feature. We feature new uh, Native artists who have new music out. So if you would like to give a shout out or ask a question about, uh, you know, the music writing process and including Native stories, give us a call. We're at 1-800-996-2848. We'll be back after this break. While we wait for the pending decision from the U.S. Supreme Court, we'll explore some personal accounts of how the Indian Child Welfare Act made a difference in the more than 40 years it's been in effect. We'll explore the human side of the legal questions facing ICWA on the next Native America Calling. If you are 45 years or older, it may be time to talk with a healthcare professional about colon cancer screening. Medicare, Medicaid, and the marketplace have you covered. For more information, visit healthcare.gov or call 800-318-2596. A message from the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. El Aqua. Thank you for listening to Native America Calling. I'm Andy Murphy. We're featuring some talented Native musicians on our show today and listening to some of their new music. If you've been a follower of their work or you're a first-time listener with something to say about these cool tunes, then join our conversation by calling 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. You can also leave a comment on any of our social media pages. Uh, I'd like to go back to our uh, guest we had before the break, uh, Jay Turner, country artist over from the Mississippistic Cree Nation. Uh, Jay, just before the break, we played This Song Sucks. Uh, can you give us a, 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 um, a, a little bit about what the song means? <laughs> this is definitely a breakup song. Um, <laughs> it's I wanted to write a breakup song, but to make it funny, you know, that we could just be like, we have to laugh about some of the things. And so I was thinking about, can you imagine if you got married and then you guys got a divorce and then you have to listen to that song? Mm. <laughs> How are you going to feel about that song? You know, and you're not going to probably want to listen to it unless you're trying to be in your field. But <laughs> yeah. most people will be like, turn this off. I can't listen to this. So that's where we got the inspiration for that one. We actually wrote Stay Wild Child and This Song Sucks in the same right in about two hours. It was such a funny day. Wow. Um, so yeah, it was just it was just a really good day of writing that day. Yeah. <laughs> we were having fun. <laughs> when you say we, who else are you working with? Yeah, so I, I was writing with Rihanna Raysage and uh, Murray Pulver that day so and murray murray pulver is my producer of uh, my my most of my music all right 
All right, cool. Well, thank yeah. you so much, Jade. Uh, again, we have uh, samples of their music on uh, social media. I, I put together a playlist for y'all if you want to go to Facebook and listen to that. The playlist is called uh, Native Music Playlist 2023. Uh, let's go to our next guest here in studio with me uh, from Albuquerque, New Mexico, is Hatatli. Uh, you are Diné. Welcome to Native America Calling, Hatatli. Cool. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank thanks you. for getting me out of the house. Right, right. Um, I'm glad you were you're able to join. It, it snowed last night and mm-hmm. um, was kind of slippery coming in this morning. But it was good. <laughs> I mean, I, I had no idea it was going to snow. I woke up and I was like, "Oh, it's snowing outside." Well, it was, it was nice stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, I would like to um, ask you about how. How, wh- what kind of uh, words would you define, use to define your music? I know in the intro we kind of um, uh, mentioned like it's dreamlike, you mm-hmm. know, lots of, uh, you know, guitar and, and, and very melodic. Mm-hmm. I mean, h- how would you describe your sound? Uh, it's kind of like, well, it's always changing uh, more often, now more often than ever. It's kind of, uh, it's all over the place now. It's kind of like. I guess I would describe it as like hard-boiled, like a hard-boiled egg, okay. you know? So it's like I want it to uh, hit hard for certain people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it hits hard uh, in that it's like chill and laid back. What what I was listening to yeah. the last couple of uh, days, um, you know, getting into your music. Uh, so, so who are some of the artists that inspire you? Um, well, I'm I'm always discovering new artists. Uh, lately, it's been uh, like Alan Vega from Suicide, and if I'm going way back, uh, I would credit uh, Paul Westerberg from The Replacements. Yeah, and I've been um, listening um, and and watching on your social media. There's a lot of a uh, lot of content there. You put up uh, videos of of you uh, going through that whole music making process. What what does that look for folks? Um, you know, radio we can't see it, but um, tell us what what the process is like coming up with a song. Um, well, for the past few months, I've been trying to do write one song a day, and uh, and it's been going okay. For the past week, I haven't really made anything, but mm-hmm. but for those that you're uh, referring to, it's just kind of like these bursts of energy or like creativity that I just kind of need to need to do something with. And so, I wouldn't say that those are like refined, but those are just kind of like uh, those are just kind of like wrappings, like when you eat a burger or something, and you just kind of crumble up the wrappings and throw it somewhere. <laughs> and that's what I would. Uh, consider those as it's not really like that's not my best work but it's work and you know I just as long as I have something to show for my work that's all that matters yeah you know what let's actually take a listen to uh, something you didn't uh, crumble up and throw away (laughs) Uh, let's listen to your latest single President's Got Me All Night Long Uh, introduce this song what what are some of the inspirations behind it before we play it Uh, I made the song or I made the demo for this song in my dorm room when I was at UNM last year Uh, but I signed with uh, recently signed with Danger Bird Records 
from Los Angeles, and so they flew me out to Los Angeles, and uh, I crashed at my producer's house. His name is Joel Jerome. He's awesome, and we recorded this in his uh, basement studio in Los Angeles. Listening to uh, "Presidents Got Me All Night Long" by Hatatli. Uh, Hatatli, what does that song mean? Who's the president? Uh, the president's kind of like uh, my want for a dream that I had a while ago, and so it's kind of like this. The song itself, I would say, is like a lusty, uh, kind of like foretelling of what I imagined to be. Uh, my career, I guess. Yeah. But it's also interesting because it's the first time I kind of strayed away from writing the typical uh, love song that I always used to write. So last year sometime, for some reason, I started writing songs about all sorts of crazy stuff. And that's kind of like the first time I discovered I could do that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that that's pretty cool. I like um I love the 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 lusty part of the song. I mean that that uh when that's part of the definition of a song or, you know, an album. I mean, that's automatically mm-hmm. something that um is going to be on my playlist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like uh it's kind of like a shining uh it's a representation of like like I say jockey pride. That's kind of like uh, in the Mayan creation story, there's this bird that uh, two hero twins have to destroy. And that bird is kind of like, I think it's kind of uh, like a representation of um, like this sense of show off and like pride, you know, to, but to the point where it's like bad for people. And that's kind of what I think that that I embodied that for a little bit. Uh, for that song yeah yeah i mean you know speaking of um you know origin stories uh when did you pick up a guitar and and how did you uh how did you get into music what was it about that that just like took you yeah um well probably i i remember wanting to like uh have attention when i was in like elementary school maybe my dad gave me an iPod for music, and I would ride the bus. I grew up in Windrock, and so I would ride the bus to um, the middle. The elementary school I went to was called Tehotsoa Tenebo Olfka. And um, I would ride the bus to school and listening to my iPod, and I would 
be listening to like U2 or something and like I would be imagining I would imagine myself uh, playing those songs and that's you know that's all I would do and so I, I actually started making songs maybe like or not making songs but I, I learned how to play guitar and all that when I was around middle school maybe okay. and I started making songs in like the middle of high school somewhere I went to I went to a boarding school in high school and uh, I used to just make songs in my dorm room Nice. All right. I think, um, you know, we've all gone through that kind of period where we're like looking out at the bus and pretending like we're yeah. in that music video. Yeah. No, I think that's I think that's a powerful thing to uh-huh. uh, imagine yourself in scenarios like that. You know, I think that has a lot of. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely some kind of drive. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, let's hear another song of yours, um, Land of Poor Chance. Uh, anything you want to tell us about this song before we play a clip? Uh, I made this, I also made this last year in my dorm room in uh, UNM. It was a demo and, you know, it was the same thing. We, we went out to L.A. and uh, I recorded it. Uh, yeah. All right, here we go. Exactly my That was a little bit of Land of Poor Chance by Hatathli. Uh, Hatathli, um, what, what, you know, outside of making music, uh, what other things do you like to do? Um, <clears throat> well, I, like, I write sometimes. I always keep a notebook on me uh, for writing down things and ideas. Uh, but like activities, activity-wise, I've been kind of, Riding the bus around town here in Albuquerque, um, I'll go down to the river and just kind of sit down there, or just walk around downtown. Um, yeah, other than that, I I guess like uh, like doing wise, I'll I'll type on my typewriter, you know, or I've been watching Breaking Bad again for like the past week. <laughs> All right. Um, and uh, uh, filmmaking, is that something that uh, you're going to be getting into pretty soon? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would like to. I just, uh, going back for film, for like a degree, getting a degree in films just seems like a, the practical thing to do. In all honesty, I just need something to do to keep myself busy because I don't want to major in music. I feel like I mean, my mom keeps telling me to major in music, but like, <laughs> I, uh, 
I don't know, you know, it's just, I don't really, I can't read music, like classical music stuff, and I, I can't, like, play any air wind instruments. Mm-hmm. I feel like those are, like, some of the requirements. <laughs> but, you know, I don't really know. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, so there's still a chance, I guess. Yeah, you're still just chilling out and, um, you know, gathering gathering stories and experiences by, you know, traveling around. Yep. Um, that's pretty cool. I mean, that, it definitely adds a lot to... Uh, to your music or whatever music you're going to be making in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what can we expect to see from you next? Where can we see like your, your, your content on social media too? Well, uh, I guess I just post everything on Instagram for now and like on YouTube, I guess too. And, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I have a new album coming out later, uh, probably this summer maybe. And, yeah, that's coming out with Danger Bird Records out of Los Angeles. And so Nice. We'll keep an eye on it. Cool. All right. Thank you so much for, for joining us in the studio today. Uh, let's go to uh, Milan, Italy. On Zoom, we have two members of the group Throne. We have Yehega, who is Muskogee, and Hayathias. Welcome, both of you, to Native America Calling. Hi. Nice to be on here. We're so excited. Yeah, thank you so much for joining all the way from uh, uh, Italy. What are you guys doing there? Well, to tell you the truth, <laughs> it's uh, it's actually a lot cheaper in some ways than being in the U.S. right now. <laughs> oh, okay. Just uh, food and transportation. It's good for good for working on music. Oh, Just, yes. We're combining saving money and traveling together and focusing on stuff. Right, right. So, so everything's kind of like online. You can you can work anywhere. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, you know, we introduced you in the beginning as a hip hop duo. Uh, where where do you uh, gather some of your material? I know just listening to your music the last couple of days, there's a lot of different uh, sounds. I think some of them I even maybe recognize from uh, fight scenes of different. Uh, uh, movies, but uh, tell us a little oh. bit about where you gather some of your your sound. Well, um, it's really just the kinds of producers that we worked with. Mm-hmm. Um, for our first album, Lionfish, we worked with a man, uh, King Jane P from Montreal, and it's really a lot of uh, soul sample based music. Mm-hmm. So really, uh, just kind of chopping up pieces of songs and then. I'm just adding vocals on top of it. So we'll go from soul samples to jazz samples and rock samples. Basically anything that we uh, feel inspired by, we'll put, we'll try to put vocals on it. (laughs) All right. You know what? Let's actually take a listen to uh, one of your bigger songs, uh, V for Vanity. Let's hear it. Sand 
that's a little bit of uh, V for Vanity by the hip-hop duo here, Throne. They're joining us today uh, from Milan, Italy, and we're going to talk with them a little bit more about their music after this break. If you want to join us, there's still a bit of time, too. We're at 1-800-996-2848. Support by the Sioux Trading Post, proud to provide traditional and contemporary American Indian craft supplies from feathers, furs, and hides to conchos, fringe, shells, and beads, all available at SiouxTrading.com. Wopila. Support by Sanofsky Chambers Law, championing tribal sovereignty and Native American rights since 1976, from opioids litigation to treaty rights to tribal self-governance, with offices in Washington, D.C., New Mexico, California, and Alaska. Sanofsky Chambers Law. This is Native America Calling. I'm Andy Murphy. There's still time to get in on our conversation with Native musicians uh, that we are talking to today. Call us at 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. Let's go back to our artists from Throne. We have Yahega, who is Muskogee, and Hayathias. Just before the break, we listened to a little bit of your song, uh, V for Vanity. How did that song come about? Well, um, it's really funny. We had in the middle of the pandemic, um, we had ordered a big stack of comic books uh, to our place where we were staying uh, in the Sandia Mountains, actually, of New Mexico. And um, one of them was, uh, what is it just called? It's called uh, V for Vendetta. Vendetta. Okay. It was the original comic book. Most people know the movie, but mm. there was also a comic book before that. Yes. Oh my gosh. And if you get a chance to pick up that, it's so cool. Our style is so crazy. <laughs> but it's, um, it's way better than the movie. Oh, the yes, movie is great, better. but it's way better. Oh yes, for sure. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So it was basically in the scene where Evie Hammond. Oh, that's what the original song was going to be called was Evie Hammond because it was uh, about her experience whenever uh, she thought she was locked up into a That was the, the prison character camp. the character played by Natalie Portman in the movie yes. for people who remember the movie. Yeah, so what they did uh whenever she had broken, you know, some law against the government, <laughs> they had threw her into a, a cell, shaved her head and, you know, treated her just terrible, you know, like mm. basically like a internment camp would be and uh and so it's just about her experience uh being there and basically believing that she was about to be executed because she wouldn't uh she wouldn't sign a a statement (laughs) saying that she was in the wrong for anything that she did yeah and uh so yeah she they told her that uh to send her out back and to shoot her basically and so whenever she was leaving or about to leave she realized that there was no more guards in the prison and whenever she walked out she realized that it, the whole prison camp was a facade mm. and it was just uh it was basically just a reenactment of what people had really gone through other people had really gone through before her and it was just her realization that uh she no matter what happens to her that she can still be uh she can still choose with her own mind and yeah. speak her own truth. So that's where that song came from. Very, very deep, but very powerful. 
uh, scene. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, I'm gonna have to listen to that song again, but really thinking about that story and uh, that movie. Um, so, so in in your music, you can hear uh, you can hear a little bit about um, uh, you know some of the injustices that happen in the world, and I'm betting there's like uh, you know from your Muskogee background and then um, Hayathias, your background. Um, how do how does like the, the culture and uh, the history with colonization kind of like mix and, and um, you know, uh, add to your, your music? Well, I guess I'll go first. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but uh, for me, one of the biggest, uh, biggest parts of history that I, I go back to a lot of times is that, uh, is of the Trail of Tears. And a lot of people always, you know, recognize the Cherokee Nation, but there was a lot of other tribes that were sent to Indian Territory, and the Muscogee Nation, the Creek Nation, was also one of them. And uh, my my grandma has a this big cast iron pot that was taken and used on the Trail of Tears, and uh, it's just it's it's one of those things where it's like, oh my gosh, it's crazy to just fathom that, you know, you you having to walk all these miles to a new home that you've never, you know, you don't know where it is. It's completely new to you, right? And it's just, it's removal, right, from your home. But uh, just, yeah, crazy, ridiculous injustices and, you know, the swindling (laughs) of Native American lands. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I mean, that's just always a very common theme that comes up in my mind whenever I'm I'm writing and thinking about... uh, no, just the stories that I feel like need to be told and in a new new way. Yeah. And, and Hayathias, how, how are you responding artistically? Yeah, I mean, uh, for me, uh, I spent a lot of time living abroad. I spent several years in Asia and Africa and in, in Europe also. And I've met a lot of different people coming from different backgrounds. And there's such a universality to suffering and to colonization and imperialism and the abuses of governments and corporations and things. And I think for me, you know, I find a home in indigenous values and indigenous communal ideas because they reflect my own values, which are collectivist and communal. And yeah, I guess that's where I draw a lot of my inspiration for Mm -hmm. the topics that I write about. Right, right. Yeah. A lot of parallels between our our experiences and our ideas and definitely the stories we want to tell. Yeah, you can hear a lot of it. Both of you going back and forth in um, every every song. Uh, let's play another one, uh, another sample from uh, the the pair here. Throne. This is the Lodge. I made it and I'm not alone. Maybe 
and canine, aided by words venerated. All I saw was reduced to sand. I internalized my death and then my life began. On the island, I was spotted by the invisible and silent. Some old betrayer, I ran so fast with fear that still ain't past. I came to the ancient lands where my veins had stayed in old days. Ancestors climbed the mountains and they prayed. I felt different, not the same. This air's taste, the seeing rocks, somehow familiar. I'm split between, but I'm still material. Each piece of me is something spiritual. That's a little bit of The Lodge by Throne. Uh, give us a little bit of a, a definition of that song. Well, for me, <laughs> The Lodge, uh, one of the things that I, uh, you know, participated in whenever I was younger in Oklahoma is uh, is Sweat Lodge, <laughs> the good sweat, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I know y'all have Sweat Lodges there in Albuquerque too. <laughs> but um, but yeah, uh, it's just about the experience of being there. It's like what, what it means, the mindset you're supposed to have there and uh, just being inside as well, just kind of illustrating the experience of going to a sweat lodge you know I talk about the beads that that I adorn you know the sweat beads because <laughs> mm-hmm. when you're in there of course it's so hot and then coming out uh feeling like oh my gosh I finally have you know this deep air and you start to get an appreciation just for breathing you know the mm-hmm. pure air outside mm-hmm. and then afterwards you know just the the feast um eating and being being thankful and grateful for everybody that's there and all the people that were in the sweat with you, you know, having appreciation for them and feeling good that not, not only did you, you know, overcome this, this feat, (laughs) this little bit of, um, you know, effort to, to go through it, but, uh, you know, you did it not alone as well. So it's just a little bit of uh, experience and then indigenous values as well, you know, doing, doing things together, coming through battles together. That's uh that's what my verse is about in that song. And you, baby? Uh, yeah. For my verse, it's kind of a combination of things. Actually, it's funny you asked. I haven't thought about this song in a while. Um, yeah. Originally, I mean, the main subject of my verse is genetic memory and genetic history, which is a concept that you and some folks listening might have heard of, which is the idea that your body may have some understanding of places where your ancestors have been, lived, or originally from, and. I had a nice conversation with a friend of ours who's from, I think he's from Laguna Pueblo, Nathaniel, back mm. when we lived in Albuquerque. Had a great conversation with him for several hours talking about genetic memory and stuff. And he made me realize that there were several experiences I had had when I lived abroad, mm. which were were manifestations of that. And this song in particular, I talk about the two major ones. One was when I spent some time in Lebanon, ancient Canaan. And also when I had spent some time in uh, Scandinavia and I have, I have some amount of ancestry from both these places and I had eerie feelings of connection to the land mm-hmm. and just some basically pretty intense spiritual experiences. And this verse was really just a reflection of all that. Yeah. Right. Uh, just because we've traveled around, you know, a couple of places, we spent a little bit of time in uh, Virginia for a while um you know just being in remote places <laughs> um, yeah. but whenever we were there we like to go on walks and hikes but being out there we both were like I feel this huge feeling that this is not where I'm supposed to be <laughs> just 
like the way that the trees look and the water it was just like oh my gosh this it was looks nice like- it was nice but it, it was, was not yeah it's, yeah, it's not where like, our ancestors are from exactly right. <laughs> we were like why are we here again <laughs> right yeah you know, you know traveling traveling is um you know really good fodder for for you know music and and writing and everything is uh really really awesome to hear uh your stories through your music here uh let's go over to our other guest here from moab uh utah we have pete sands he is the front man for pete sands and the drifters and he is dina welcome to native america calling pete hey there thank you for having me on the show yeah, thank you for joining. Uh, so, so tell me about your country music. I know it's a little bit different brand, or maybe a lot uh, different than what we heard from Jay Tur- Jay Turner in the beginning. Uh, how would you describe your music, and who are your inspirations? The type of music that I that I really really uh, had a real connection to in my early days were like the Johnny Cash and the Waylon Jennings, and you know, the early country singers, which is what I really tend to lean towards, you know, what uh, what they call uh, honky-tonk music nowadays, Americana. Mm-hmm. We kind of fall within that realm of honky-tonk and Americana. And there's actually my good friend, uh, Whitey Morgan, from my Whitey Morgan in the 70s, who really brought me into that. Because I hit the road about eight years ago, and I found that that was my niche, was, you know, honky-tonk and Americana. You know, I, I played with some personal heroes of mine and, you know, like Shooter Jennings, um, Randy Rogers, um, uh, my good friend Yellow Wolf out in Nashville. So I've been around for a couple of years and I realized, you know, I, my brand of country was different and I found my home within that honky tonk realm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, actually let's hear a little piece of your newest song, Black Dog. That was a little bit of the song Black Dog by Pete Sands and the Drifters. Uh, Pete, uh, we've probably seen you once or twice on the show Yellowstone. Uh, What did that appearance on the show do for you? Up to a broader audience and it really, um, you know, validated because a lot of us uh, musicians um, we really look for validation that we are doing something that matters and people will take time to listen to what we make and create. And, and you know, I was fortunate enough to, to be a mentored by uh, Taylor Sheridan, the creative Yellowstone. You know, he invited me to his home and we really explored music, which was, you know, I 
I, you know, we listened to music that was un, from unheard artists at the time, uh, people that were coming up like myself. And it really, it gave me a sense of pride that I knew that my unique sense of storytelling and country music vision, I guess, I don't know, but just from where I was coming from that it, was, it, it made sense to somebody other than me. Yeah. So that's what it that's what it gave. That's what it did for me. Yeah, and, and um, that the song "Black Dog" that we just heard. Uh, what what is that about? Who who are we talking about? Black Dog is a it's kind of the ghost of of the past. Because before I became Peace and the Drifter, I was, I was known as Blackest. That was the name of the band. And as I was transitioning from because Blackest was there in a real dark period in my life where. Everything was just, you know, misery and whiskey and, you know, doing that, the, you know, the, the country country singing lifestyle that I started in. And, and I was transitioning out of that because I wasn't angry anymore. Mm. So Black Dog was kind of like that ghost. I, I was letting go of that ghost. I was letting go of that past. You know, it's like, you know, we, we write things that are true to ourselves. And, you know, I really had that experience of, you know, being on the edge and, you know, one, you know, thinking about, you know, hurting yourself or, you know, seeing that ultimate end, but coming back from the edge and realizing that, you know, there's still more to life to explore and finding that and um, keeping the past in the back and moving forward. Right. Right. And you can definitely hear that in uh, your music. And it's been a pleasure listening to your journey through your music. And uh, just like to say thank you again for joining us. That was Pete Sands from Pete Sands and the Drifters. I'd like to say thank you to our other guests we had on today. Uh, hey, uh, hey, uh, Yahega and Hayathias. We also had Jade Turner and Hatathli here in the studio with us. We'll be back next week. This program is supported by AmeriCorps VISTA. You can kickstart your career by joining thousands of AmeriCorps members in the VISTA program serving to alleviate poverty. AmeriCorps members help organizations make change right in their own community. A service opportunity that fits your ambition can be found at AmeriCorps.gov VISTA today. That's A-M-E-R-I-C-O-R-P-S dot G-O-V slash V-I-S-T-A. Support for this program provided by the American Indian Higher Education Consortium, the collective spirit and unifying voice of 37 tribal colleges and universities. For over 45 years, AHEC has worked to ensure that tribal sovereignty is recognized and respected and that tribal colleges and universities are included in this nation's higher education system. Information on a tribal college or university near you at AIHEC.org. Native America Calling is produced in the Annenberg National Native Voice Studios in Albuquerque, New Mexico by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation, a native nonprofit media organization. Funding is provided by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting with support from the Public Radio Satellite Service. Music is by Brent Michael Davids. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.